Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, America, it's an honor to join you. This is a special broadcast of the Ninja Pastor and the Collision of Faith and Politics. Um, I was moved to do this because, I'll tell you the truth, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be quiet. Uh, I just couldn't be quiet any longer. I was thinking about doing a Facebook Live uh, or or a Periscope or one of those other things, but you don't want to see my face right now because it's mad, it's red, um, it's angry. It's it's angry, and uh, I'm I'm done with it. Tell you the truth, and I don't think it would be very presentable for you, and quite frankly, I think it would be unfair to you uh, to lay that on you. It just wouldn't be fair. I have some thoughts. It's not going to be a long podcast today or long show. By the way, you can join us live. You're absolutely encouraged to do that. We really appreciate uh, when you get this message. I know there's a bunch of followers out there uh, who are, uh, you know, they're they, they're by their computer by part of their job or what they do uh, for a living. Uh, and so they're able to listen to this. Uh, I'm opening up chat. Um, just primarily because if any of you do join me live, then we can have a live interaction. So today, today, uh, the president of the United States, uh, a, a biracial man, self-identifying only as black, named Barack Obama. Let me say that again, just really quick. Uh, a biracial, you know, this is our president. This is I'm. I'm not being ignorant or weird. I'm I'm describing him accurately. Let me also say this. There's nobody there's nobody here to throttle me back. Nobody at all. So uh, you know, there's nobody in the studio right here with me. My dog is here and and uh but she's mad too. Uh but the fact of the matter is there's there's just absolutely no excuse for this. There's no excuse for this. And I really, uh, I, part of what I do, um, you know, it's, and I, it's, some people would say I'm a public figure. I wouldn't say I'm a public figure, but uh, I'm a person that's in the public by the nature of what I do. And I'm going to have something to say about it. But my personality is what's really going to drive what I say. 
it's going to drive what I think. And, and I'm going to listen to the truth and I'm going to, I'm going to do my dead level best to accurately portray to you what I'm, what I'm feeling. And I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I'm real mad. I really am. I, I just, I don't know what to say. I, I just, I just don't know what to say. By the way, another, um, I want to send out and, uh, and I'll be honest, I don't know this guy. Um, but I, but I do know the Delaware state police and I know a lot of firemen and, and, um, there's something called the uh, Delaware Air Rescue Team, DART, and it's comprised of volunteer firefighters throughout the state and troopers assigned to the Delaware State Police uh, Aviation Unit. Um, a 46-year-old man was uh, killed Monday, uh, July 11th, a firefighter training with the um, – he was a member of the Lewis Fire Department, Lewis Delaware Fire Department, uh, and he – he was killed in a training exercise when he fell from a helicopter uh, in training in uh, Delaware today or uh, on Monday. And I have to say that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very sad about that. Truthfully, I'm really, really sad about that. Training is dangerous. Um, helicopters by their nature are dangerous training with a helicopter weapons, all of these things, very, very, uh, very, very dangerous. Um, I, I will just tell you that from where I stand, you know, um, I don't call them first responders, by the way, and that's not out of disrespect for them. I was a police officer, and, and I can tell you I don't call me a first responder. Uh, my intent is and always was to help, to fix, to represent uh, the best that I could what I had to offer. But I have to tell you, the first responder is you and me. We're the first responders. Me, not me as a police officer, me as a private citizen. We're the first responders. That is who we are. Ultimately, I have to tell you, uh, it's just a dangerous job, and it becomes more and more dangerous every single day. And in fairness, I really – the president of the United States is making the job more dangerous. Yeah, You understand what I'm saying here? The president of the United States, he himself is making the job more dangerous. Of the firemen, of the police officers, even – heck, even the ambulance crews. He's making – I'm not saying he's responsible for the fellow that fell out of the helicopter. I'm not saying that at all. Um it's it's dangerous. It's dangerous working up high. It's it's just one of those things. That's the reality of it. And no matter what we try to do with training, there's only so much we can do to make it safe. You can't make it safe. You just can't. You can't make it safe. It's inherently dangerous. All that said, you know, the president of the United States, you know, I, as I said, as I opened up here, there's virtually no preparation uh, for this show. Um, but I talked to some dear friends and some great friends of the show, and and they said, you know what, you got to do something. You got to say something. 
So in preparation for this, uh, I watched the memorial service out of honor for the five slain officers, the Dallas Police Department and the uh, Dallas uh, area transit uh, officer that was killed. My friends, I've got to tell you, uh, I watched it and it was phenomenal in many respects. And I'll tell you what else, too, even up to the point at which the president was speaking. The president was speaking and there there came a point where I tell you what, I, I want you to hear this song. Hang on one second for me. I want you to hear this. Someone just sent this to me. I want you to hear it. i 
My friends, that's what uh, that's what we're faced with. Uh, when if you're a, a police officer or a police officer's spouse, uh, you're faced with that. You are a police officer's child, a police officer's mother or father. You're faced with that. That's that's the reality of what you face as a police officer's family member. That's that is the deal. And so, when a police officer is killed, that that is the rejection of all things civilized. It's the last line. We call it the thin blue line, but it's really the last line. It's the last line. It's 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 the thing, it's the line which you cross and when you cross it society itself is is in deep deep trouble. And honestly, there's no putting that back in the bag. Can't put the ink back in the pen. Can't put the banana back in the peel. You cannot put this back. Once it's out, it's over. I am telling you we're at that place right now. And so when when the when the police department loses a brother or a sister, this is a special thing. Nobody's more special, uh, you know, generally speaking. Somebody, and people hate to hear me say this, by the way. Uh, I'm sure my seminary would prefer me to not say this, but there are people that are better than other people. There are people that are more special than other people. There, there, there are people who are better human beings than others. My friends, that's reality, and I know you don't like to hear it. I know that you don't. Look, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you how it actually is. Not how we, we, you know, people spend a lot of time pretending. They spend a lot of time pretending that somehow or another there aren't people that are better for society than other people. We're not all the same. We don't we don't all make the uh the same contribution to society. We don't. And if you think that we do, you're living in a, a in a foreign place. You you're not living on earth. You're living in some other weird galaxy that I don't even know the name for. La la land, people always like to say. I'm telling you right now, I am telling you right now, the police are absolutely our last line of defense. And when we lose one, that's a horrible thing. When we lose five, hmm. when we lose five, that's trouble magnified. I mean, that's multiplication of death and sorrow, but it is also multiplication of the loss of humanity. It's the loss of humanity. When we lose humanity like this, there's no going back. 
when when those forces that are evil are unleashed, there's no putting them back. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you if you if you're just hearing this. But when a police officer dies, a little bit of society dies. A little bit of our who we are. You know, Barack Hussein Obama loves to say this, by the way. That's just not who we are, America. How would he know? How would he know? He doesn't know the first thing about being a true American. He does not know the first thing about it. So when when uh, several police officers die, my friends, anarchy isn't far behind. You know, I am I am a very uh, freedom and liberty guy. I'm I'm darn near a, uh, well, I think I'm more independent than anything else. But you know, there's a, there's there's a strong libertarian bent in me. There's a strong libertarian feel to how I think, and and uh, there is there's a strong sense of look. I'm gonna handle my own business. I'm gonna handle what I do. You handle what you do. I'm gonna handle what I do. You do with it what you want to do, but I'm gonna handle my business. That's what I'm gonna do. And 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 in the handling of my business, it may get a little messy, but I'll handle it. Don't you worry, I'll handle it. But you know, police officers, they go to work every day, and that you heard that song. I wasn't going to play that song. Uh, Dave Bray, by the way. Dave Bray, that's he's the author of that song. He wrote it and performed it. I'm going to tell you something. I, you know, I said this in my podcast. If you haven't listened to the podcast, go to drshawngreener.com. Go over to the blog or go over to uh, theninjapastor.com. Go to the blog section, the Ninja Pastor blog. Go over to that and uh, listen to that. It's only 22 minutes long. Don't do it now. You're listening to me right now. So I don't want let's not, to let's not muddy the waters. I, I'm going to tell you that in, in that podcast, I kind of lay it out. A little bit, uh, and I expose a lot of lies that, quite frankly, it, it, I used to I used to say, you know, the people that tell these lies, they know they're lying. I don't think they do anymore. I don't think the people that are telling these lies, I think they believe them. They've lied so long. They believe them. They believe their lies. You say, but they're so impassioned. The people like to always point to the fact that some somebody cries during an interview. Well, they're so, they're so impassioned, you can feel their emotion. Shut up about their emotion. People are fake. There's a lot of fake people out there. And you know what? They're pretending. They're play acting, as we used to say. They're play acting. They know what will draw your heartstrings, and they do what it takes to draw your heartstrings. That's what they do. That's who they are and what they are. I'm going to say, I'm going to say something that's not very popular. But you know what? You know why we need so many police officers and why they need 
all the weapons that they need and people say, well, I don't like I don't like that all the time running around with their military uh, paraphernalia and I don't like how they all the time running around our neighborhoods taking over like an occupying force like jackbooted thugs. I don't like it. It ain't right. They need to get out of here in their outfits because they're scary wearing they black and all. Well, they must not mind people wearing black as long as they're black people. They must not mind that. They must not mind that because the Black Panthers, they all the time wearing their black uh, fatigues and all that. And I'll t- let me say this. I wore the uniform of the United States military, and as a police officer, there's nothing I can't stand more than some – I can't even hardly say it, folks. You make me about to cuss. Good thing I'm safe. Look, don't run around wearing a bunch of military paraphernalia or police type of clothing if you've never worn the uniform. And, and served under the oath. I don't, I don't want you to wear it. You don't belong wearing it. You got no business wearing it. No business at all. And I'm about tired of it. It's disrespectful and you don't deserve it. There's a reason why. There is a reason why we need so many police officers running around and all that stuff. There's a reason why MRAPs are running around neighborhoods when something happens. The reason why is because we have not policed ourselves. We have not taken care of ourselves. We have not taken care of each other. You know, there was a time where folks would, uh, you go mess around with somebody's house, mess around talking about, uh, let me just come up on this porch and see if somebody is home. I see a lot of packages get dropped off. That's a big thing around where I live. Uh, these thieves will will watch. They'll follow the UPS trucks around, the FedEx trucks around, and whatever other kind of delivery trucks. They'll follow them around, especially around the holidays. And they'll steal stuff right off of people's porch. Well, I got a little something for you. Go ahead and mess around. Go ahead and mess around with Sean Greener's porch, and I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have a little something for you. I handle my business myself. I don't need to call somebody. And we stop doing that. And that's why we run around and and with our phones, uh, you know, trying to dial 911 as fast as we can while activating the video function of our phone so we can video and put on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Snapchats. What's going on, man? We want to be... The people all the time running around wanting to be some sort of uh, video star. Instead of, hey, you know what I need to do? I need to handle my business. Somebody's about to get crazy up in here. I'm going to handle my business. I'm not going to run around and use a telephone. Telephone is not a weapon. So we need police officers to have all these things because at the same time, I'll tell you what else we've done makes me mad. We've abdicated our responsibility to look out for ourselves, to pay attention to our own environment. We say, I'm too busy, man. I've I've got so much to do. I'm so busy. There's no way in this world. No way in this world I can get done what I need to get done if I mess around and worry about all this mess that's going on around me. It'll be all right. That's why I have insurance. 
I'll tell you right now, I'm so sick to death of hearing people talk about it's only property. It's only property. Man, you have got to be kidding me. Only property. What in the world is wrong with you, only property? Hey, look. There was a time where some folks would get shot over stealing somebody's horse. Get caught hot-wiring somebody's car. There was a time. Huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. High-speed lead injection. Intracranial will help you. I'm going to tell you right now. The police have to suit up wearing all that crap. Uh, you know, if there's not a riot, guess what they don't put on? Their riot gear. Would you like to know why? Because it's hot. Riot gear is hot, and nobody likes to put riot gear on. I didn't like it. I like putting no riot gear on. It's hot. And they always make it black, which is stupid, because it it attracts the heat. I'm not trying to feel 9,000 degrees on me magnified by black fabric. Give me a break. I know why they do it. They do it. They, there's a reason they do it. I'm not going to go into it because not everybody needs to know all that. But I'm just going to tell you, at some point or another, we have to take responsibility for ourselves or stop whining about how the police protect us. This jerk president, this racist, look, he's the president of the United States, and, and, and no wonder he's pushing this agenda of you be who you want to be, uh, who you think you are. You self-identify who you want because he's a biracial man. Mama's white. Daddy, whoever that might be, because we're not sure, is black. We know that for sure. We do know whoever he is, he's black. You say, but that sounds very conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's ridiculous, this guy. Elected not once but twice. Sickening. Sickening. A, a man who loathes his country. Loathes police officers. Loathes the military. Loathes Christians. He self-identifies only as black, yet he is Biracial. Never hear him talk about his white family. So he just finished speaking at the moment. I'm telling you right now, I could barely get through it. I, I'm telling. I'm so mad. I, I could spit nails. I'm going to ask you something else too. Now, who was it for? Who was the, who was the memorial service for? Because as I look at them, I see a, a mountain of a man, white guy. I see another man, also military veteran. I see another military veteran, combat veteran. I see him. He is Hispanic, Latino. Then I see another white guy. Then I see another white guy. Then I see another white guy, all veteran. Wow. Not a black, not a black one among them. Not a, single, not a single black person in the group of the men that were killed. Not a single one. And you know what else? Not a single one was Muslim. Yet, of the three, we had to have, we got to have 
three, because we want to show that, look, we are diverse. We are coming together. So we picked three people to speak or, or pray. Uh, and, and the first one was, I think she was a black minister. She was awesome. This, is, this woman was spirit-filled, folks. If you go back and listen to that part. This woman laid it out. You just heard some church up in here. You just heard some gospel sprung out all over the world, just spilled right on out of her. And then what we got to have? We got to have an imam, a, a, a Muslim imam, enough already. Not a one of these men were Muslim. Not a single one were Muslim. Not a single one of the injured were Muslims. Not a spouse one was Muslim of those that are, were killed or injured. But we got a Muslim imam. Why? Why do we have that? Why do we have that? We don't, not a, not a, whew, and nothing against this imam. He's the, he's the, he's the, uh, this is what they call him, scholar in residence at this Dallas mosque. Why? What's he doing there? What's he doing? No offense to him, but you got no business here. You got no business here. Look, we have a trial. We have a trial. Guess what we do? Whoever was the perpetrator, we try to do a jury of what? Of your peers. Some folks look like you look. Some folks talk like you talk. Some folks have been from the community. Some folks know a little bit about what it's like where you live. I am going to tell you something right now. The the Muslim the Imam, not the president. Quite frankly, it, uh, Obama, Hussein Obama, no business being there. He he's the worst enemy of police and military that ever walked the earth. But I can I, I can stand. The the the, uh, the 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 lady preacher, she was awesome. Black lady, I think she was a preacher. Look, if she's not a preacher, she done missed her calling because she should be a preacher. She was steady delivering the gospel of Jesus Christ, saying it right in front, saying it right in front of the Muslim imam. You know, uh, the Muslims believe that we're silly. Number one, there's no Trinity. Number two, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Number two, uh, you know. Uh, they they don't believe Jesus is uh, Yeshua is son of God. They don't believe that, so that's an offense to them. They take that as a personal offense, and then and then we have a Jewish uh, a Jewish rabbi. That's very respectful, very respectful. And now let me say this: the the Muslim imam he was he was very respectful. He kept it all in English for the most part. Uh, kept it all in English. I th- I think that's good. I mean, he had no business being there. Not his fault. He's the one that got invited. He came. All right, fair enough. None of these men, none of these families are Muslim. Don't belong there. Well, this is for the community to heal. Well, you said 150 times, everybody that stood up there and talked, well, we've got to come together as a community and heal. But our first order of business is to help the families. Okay. Do you think it helps them to see a Muslim imam sitting up there? Giving a prayer? I had no business giving a prayer. None whatsoever. 
Booker T. Washington, by the way, Republican. Republican. There's a, by the way, chat is open and it's already vibrant. There's a class of colored people who make a, I didn't say colored. He said it. I'm reading it. What do you want me to say? African, American, American, Negro, colored? I'm just now learning that, that it's okay to say queer now, again. I, I can't keep up with all your silly, your silly language rules, folks. You, you perpetually aggrieved, butthurt people running around. I need safe space. I need safe space. I'm, 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 I'm not safe here. I don't feel like whether you agree or you disagree with me that what my feelings should be respected and I should have a voice. Why? You're ignorant. You're stupid. Problem is in America, too many stupid people. Amen. Andrea Shea King, the great Andrea Shea King, black grievance industry. Oh, man, is that ever true? Anyway, back to what Booker T. Washington, Republican conservative, actually said actually said there is a class of colored people who make a business of keeping the troubles the wrongs and the hardships of the negro race i didn't he said that i'm reading of the negro race before the public having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs partly because They want sympathy, and partly because it pays. Some of these people do not want the Negro to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their jobs. Let me say it again without stopping. There is a class of colored people who make a business of keeping the troubles, the wrongs, and the hardships of the Negro race before the public. Having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles, they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs, partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. Some of these people do not want the Negro Negro to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their jobs. The perpetually aggrieved. I'm telling you right now, I would, I would, I would, if I was a black person right now, I would be so mad because I am tired. I would be tired. I'm tired of a forum to be taken advantage of like they have been. To be constantly told, we're your friend, we're your friend. Elect us in, we're going to help you out. They never get better. Nothing gets better. It gets worse. You look at President Barack Hussein Obama's record over this now almost eight years and tell me, tell me how it's better. Tell me how it's better. Show me how they're better off, because they're not. Show me how any of us are better off, because we're not. Back to this memorial. Yeah, Al Sharpton and his protege, Benjamin Crump. Black grievance industry, man. Black grievance industry. How about the music at this? uh, I'm not going to pick it apart too much. It, It wasn't great. It was an ecumenical a uh, highly diverse choir made up of some police officers. I'm I'm going to tell you this. I don't think it was great. I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't think it was very good. I think they were pitchy. I think, uh, you know, you can say, well, it was thrown together last minute. Let me tell you something. If this was a black singer or some 
uh, black icon, we'd have found some very, very accomplished musicians. I'm not saying these people try to do a bad job. I'm, this is what I'm saying to you. The point that I'm trying to make to you is somehow or another, you'd have had uh, Beyonce. Oh, wait, we can't have Beyonce. That's right. We can't have Beyonce because you know why? Because Beyonce thinks that the man who shot and killed all these people is a martyr. No. Can't have that. We can't have that. There's no way in this world we can have that. No. No, can't have that. Can't have Beyonce there. I mean, Beyonce. Can't have Beyonce there because you know why? Because she hates cops. She makes money. Hold up. Hold up. Whoa, it just occurred to me. Booker T. Washington knew a little something about Beyonce. Because the chief of police there, and I like the guy. What I know of him so far, I like the dude. I don't get the girlfriend reference, uh, talking about his girlfriends, and if he wanted to impress a girlfriend, he, he would recite some lyrics. And if he really, really wanted to get, if he loved the girl, Chief David Brown, uh, he loved the, if he loved the girl, then he would recite some Stevie Wonder, another police officer hater. Another another law enforcement. You didn't know that about Stevie Wonder? Oh, well, you need to do some studying. Stevie Wonder hates cops, and he really hates white cops. All this talk about us coming together. We're going to come together. We're going to unify. Mm-mm, no. But he, uh, Chief of Police, David Brown, he probably, Dallas Chief of Police, he probably didn't know that, and that's okay, because he did a great job. He did a great job, and he's done a great job. All the way up until now. The Dallas Police is a very progressive police department, very community policing oriented. You might not know that I was part of a team that actually studied uh, from a Harvard professor. His name, last name is Hopkins. He's the guy that invented the idea, the, the philosophy of community policing. And many, many years ago, I was part of a team that first pushed that out to the nation. I'm very proud of it. I think it's a failed experiment, uh, but whatever what we thought so you got Beyonce so so we're going to have music we're going to have cobbled together a choir from I think they said five different churches or houses of worship we're going to cobble them together and then we're going to force the uh, officers from the police department to sit in the front row in their ceremonial uniforms Dallas Police Department they're going to have to sit in the front and they're part of the choir too watch watch it back I would not I'm I'm not I'm not going to say this happened because I don't know yet but I wouldn't be shocked if all of the police officers behind Barack Hussein Obama were forced to disarm before they went on that stage. I wouldn't be shocked. Because what drivel, what absolute vile, hate-filled fecal matter came out of this man's pie hole. Disgusting. So the music, I, I want to know, I want to know how uh, a, 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 a black uh, musician dies, or a musician, you know, they die, and all of a sudden we got the best music under the sun. We got musicians coming from all over the place. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and sing and honor so and so. We can turn the White House purple. We can turn it the rainbow LGBT flag. 
But we we can't turn it blue. No, we cannot. No, we cannot. I'm just saying, nothing against the people that sang. They got just a few minutes. Yeah, Ben Shapiro. Thank you, Andrea. I read this. I read this quote just a, a couple minutes ago. Ben Shapiro said, "What kind of pathetically self-absorbed asshat hijacks a memorial for cops murdered by a racist to lecture cops on racism?" Exactly, Ben. What kind? What kind of just absolutely? Ugh, I could. I could so go off. About ready to lose my religion. This man, this man says, and I've done whole shows on this. Uh, you know this if you've if you've been a follower of the show. This man actually says, he actually says, and he and he quotes this as though it's true. And we have completely and totally disproven this. He says we flood the city with so many guns, it's easier to get a Glock. It's easier to get a Glock than it is to get a computer. Remember I talked about, he, he, he said at his speech, the NAACP, I believe it was, he says during this speech that, uh, that, that the NRA and these white people, they run around all the time in their vans and they stop off in black communities and they dump off guns. They leave a pile of guns. And I said, I'm going to find that white van and follow it. I need a few more. He says it's easier to get, easier to get a computer or a book. Last time I checked, you could go to the go to the library. You could go for free, folks. You could run into that library for free. You can get a computer. My buddy Stephen Ohio says you can get one for three hundred seventy nine dollars. Newsflash: if you're the if you're the right demographic, you can get one for free. Or tell you what, you can get one, use it every day, and it'll be updated for you for free. It's called the public library, free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. Look, this this racist, egregiously disgusting, almost fake human being had the unmitigated gall to lecture America with the dead. The, the flags were, they let up five empty chairs and the flags were folded. And all the people with the with the uh, little ribbons around there, yeah. It he, the unmitigated gall, folks, that he that he actually is lecture, you know, he, like he. Well, let me say this. Let me. Say, I'm going to establish this as a point of fact. I'm, I've got to. I can't stand it. I just I just can't stand it. By the way, welcome Dave Bray. Dave, you might not know this, but we played your your great song, uh, Last Call. Uh, I I was just moved. I don't know if you heard it. Uh, I was moved to play it. I said, man, if ever there was a time for this song, perfect timing. Let me let me tell you something, folks. You need to understand something very very important. It's all about words. It's all about words. My good friend from the Center for Self-Governance, his name is Mark Herr. He's all the time talking about the language of liberty 
or the language of captivity. We are either talking the language of liberty or we're talking the language of liberty. Liberty or captivity, it's all down to the words. And everything that Barack Hussein Obama, look, everything he said, every single thing this man said is a lie. And he said it in front of the families of these dead police officers, these murdered police officers, murdered police officers. He starts talking about, uh, we've got to have the conversation. This is a conversation we have to have. We have to, in America, and, and, then, and then he turns to the police officer. Now, you know this is true. You know this is true. You know that we have to have a conversation about race in America. We have to have a, we have to have a conversation about race in America. You know it's true. We can all agree. They love to say that. We can all agree. No, we can't all agree, you liar. How many of you watched last night? Uh, Megyn Kelly, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Megyn Kelly because I think she's a grandstander, but, but, um, and she totally lost control of the show last night. It could have been one of the greatest uh, informative. Uh, you know what? Let me go back. That's me doing rewind. I think it was one of the greatest moments in television history last night. If you happen to watch it or you can catch it on replay. When Megyn Kelly, not because she made it great, because she didn't. She had zero control over that audience. And what this was, in case you missed it, I'm not a huge Fox fan, but I saw this was advertised. And I said, you know what, I'm going to see what happens here. And exactly what happened. Uh, I, have a, I have a guy I know by the name of Kevin Jackson. I have a great deal of respect for him. Black Sphere, he does a, a very popular blog. It's a radio show. He was, uh, he was on the show as a panelist. As you know, Tom and Deneen Borelli have been on my show um, if you don't know, if you've never met Tom and Deneen Borelli, um, Deneen is black and Tom is white. Just so you know, they're married to each other. One's white, one's black. For reference, it'll make sense in a second. And they've got black leaders and conservative leaders, black conservative leaders, police officers gathered. And, and then they've got uh, the, the perpetually aggrieved the black grievance industry, we've got them all in there, and they're all interspersed. And, 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 and you never saw a bunch of people lose their minds. Then when the ones that were pro-Black uh, Lives Matter, pro-all this other crap, you never saw anybody. Yeah, amen, Dave. Is it all about race or is it all about guns? We're going to talk about that in just a second. You never saw anybody go more apoplectic than, than the, the, the race baiters, the black grievance industry, those people. They, they, they never wanted anybody to be able to talk, and they've shot every, – every other person got shot, shot down. And you know what? Megyn Kelly, she had no control. She had no control. Now, you're going to listen to me. You're going to listen to me. No, no, no. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. Every 10 seconds they're saying this. If people would try to try to just interject a tiny amount of the truth, a tiny bit of the truth, just a little bit, just, just let's try to say something that's real and true instead of your big fat lies, you professional whiner. 
And actually, one of the leaders, the originators of the, of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, was actually on the show. And she actually said, and many agreed with her, that, hey, you know what? We'd be better off without the police. We would. We'd be better off. With the, we'd do a much better job taking care of ourselves. Really? Really? Because let me tell you what you have time for. You have time for your, your, your brothers to run around impregnating every willing and even some not-so-willing females and getting their babies, and getting their checks, you have all kinds of time to do that, but you don't have time to go play ball with any one of your many children. You have time to roam the streets and sell drugs, but you don't have time. You say, you're overgeneralizing. Really? Have you been to Baltimore? Because I have. Have you been to the inner city of New York City? Because I have. Have you been to Washington, D.C.? I have. How about Chicago and the south side? I have. How about Wilmington, Delaware? I have. Because that's what's happening on those streets, where all those people, black lives don't seem to matter when it's them killing themselves. Doesn't seem to matter. Mayor Rudy Giuliani, he's called out as a racist because he said, "Ah, you know, if black lives really mattered, you people would stop killing each other. Because that's, you know, 92% of all the deaths are from you. You're killing each other. Look, I, I thought the problem was, and a great friend of mine shared this with me, uh, and, and I have to share it with you, I, I, and, and, and we agree on this. I thought the problem was that the African-American people were protesting the widespread abuse of power by the white police officers. Look, I thought that was the deal. I thought it was the deal, folks. I thought that was the whole deal right here. Yeah, I thought it was the deal, man, because that's what we're hearing. Man, the problem is, is police officers aren't trained, and, and then they overreact. And a woman last night actually had the unmitigated gall. I love saying that, but it, it applies. She had, this is the same one shouting everybody out. She had the gall to say, why are you afraid? Were you talking about police officers are afraid to come to the black communities? Why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Oh, I'm so afraid to see people of color. They scare me. Then you don't have no business being a police officer. You don't have no business putting on a uniform or strapping on a gun. I only have one problem with that, folks. She's an idiot. Let me tell you the first place. As a former police officer, I can tell you this. The first place a black police officer doesn't want to go after escaping the black community, growing out of that, is back to the black community. People say, we need police officers to represent what we look like. I love what the chief said when Jake Tapper tried to trap him. He said, you know what? We're hiring. Stop waving your sign. Stop walking around with a chip on your shoulder and do something of benefit. Get in and get a job. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can't hire you. Well, the reason why you can't hire, because it was said last night on the, on the Megyn Kelly show, you, you, no, we don't get hired because we don't qualify because white people, the institution protects the institution. The systematic racists protect the systematic racists by creating tests and all this stuff that we can't pass. It's designed to keep the black people out. Shut up. Somebody's got to smack time. Somebody says that stupid mess. Smack him right in his chops. Smack him right in his face. Who's that for? Why are you hitting me? Because you're dumb. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting maybe you bump your head a little bit. Some sense will come up in your head. Talking about they rate tested are unfair. They're unfair to us. They purposely do these tests. Pass a test. Shut up. You get more help than any other people 
under the sun. Ain't nobody helped you. You got Obama phones. You got Obama laptops. It's ridiculous. It's like ghetto Oprah up in here, according to my friend Steve from Ohio. Come on, folks. Ghetto Oprah. You got every advantage under the sun. What do you mean you can't pass the test? You know how you're going to learn to pass a test? Stay in school. Stop running around and get, look, the most dangerous place for a black man is not on the streets. It's in a black woman's womb. 82%. 82%. Get aborted. Don't tell me. Do not tell me black lives matter and you're killing 82% of your babies. Don't tell me that. But I thought the problem was was uh, black people, they were protesting this, this, this terrible abuse about, man, it's all over the place. Even though white, even though police officers in general only kill, you say, only, that's terrible, you would say that, you clearly don't care. They only kill 130 black people, police shootings, but they kill 275 white people. You say, you say, uh, you know, they don't want to come in our community. Police officers don't want to come in the community, so we have to fend for ourselves. No, you don't fend for yourself. You're your own worst problem because your baby daddy running around with six or seven different kids, that's on average. That's on average. Six or seven different kids that a check comes into that household wherever they live, and the daddy, don't get it wrong, the daddy don't live with any of them. He's busy, man, running the streets, stirring stuff up, shooting people. Selling drugs, stealing stuff, thug life. You tell me you can't become a police officer. Well, I can't become a because I got I got unjustly arrested seventy two times. I can't become a police officer because they tell me I can't be a police officer. I want to serve. I want to go serve my country, serve my community, but I can't do it because y'all y'all mess around and pull me over. I didn't do nothing wrong. I wasn't doing nothing wrong. Them stereos wasn't mine. Them drugs wasn't mine. They were my friend. I was trying to help him. Shut up with all that. Stop making your excuses. Get to work. Shut up and get to work. I can't find no job because the man all the time keeping me out of the job because he make the job application so difficult. Really? Really? Is that what it really is? I can't work at no McDonald's. How do you want to expect me to work at McDonald's making making? $13 an hour, seven fifty an hour, whatever they get paid. How are you going to have me doing that when I could be out working the streets, you know, doing my thing, you know, poisoning my fellas, poisoning children in my community because I care so much. I'm going to sell drugs to the people in my community. I'm going to thug life on some of the people in my community, and I can make $1,000, $15,000. I can make that in a day, in a month. And I get respect up in here. You know somebody don't respect me. Oh, really? They don't respect you? You're going to shoot them? So you should go and be a police officer because you know what? If you apply that, yeah, you're going to respect me, thug life, and you pop a cap in somebody, you bust a cap up in somebody for not respecting you, guess what? You do that as a police officer? Newsflash. You do the right thing as a police officer to a black person, and you are going to find yourself under the jail. Listen, I thank God, I thank the Lord Jesus that those officers in Baltimore so far have been, each one, not only acquitted, the cases have been essentially dismissed. They, they were found to have no merit. And oh, by the way, if you think 
that that is unjust, tell the black judge. And while you're at it, have a conversation with Miss Mosby. You have a conversation with her. And you tell her, I hope you go to jail for politically grandstanding and overcharging. and char- Not overcharging, improperly charging, framing police officers, some of whom are black. Why? Because it moves you up in the community. She's one of us. She fights for us. No, she doesn't. She don't fight for you. She hates you. She hates you. That's why she doesn't live there. That's why her husband, who her husband is the is the um, what do they call him there? I, I can't remember what the name in Baltimore uh, district rep. Her husband is the district rep for the district that eighty percent of all the people, all of the black men in Maryland, not Baltimore, Maryland penitentiaries, come not only from Baltimore but they come from his. District, that's her husband. Somebody inform me on how you don't have a chance. You can't you can't leave the well, you can't leave the streets because then the fellas that we come up with, you know, that we run the streets with, then they start poking fun at us, talking about we Uncle Tom, you a sellout. Really? You're so hurt feelings, I can't imagine. My goodness. And then we see this abuse, which is now systematically, it's systematically being taken out on the black population. Not only just in one little town, not just one city, nationwide, brother, nationwide. We, hey, we, hey, it's, it's systematic. It's institutional. It's on such a national scale that entire African-American communities, they're spontaneously rising up out of the blue. We done had it. We're tired of it. We're tired of it. We ain't going to have it no more. We're going to make some signs. And we going I don't know what these people wear to these protests, but when the video shows it, I think to myself, good councilman. Thank you, Philly Bob. Uh, that's what they are in uh, district councilman in Baltimore. Here's the thing. I have the best audience, don't I? They're just awesome people. Y'all are awesome. So here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. And, and I say this with the most respect. If you believe that those signs were made by those people, you have got another thing coming. You've got another thing coming because some of those signs, let me tell you something. I guarantee you they were written by somebody else. I guarantee you. But let's go on. Unfortunately, these passions, however justified, sometimes erupt in unintended violence against innocent, seemingly innocent police officers. Okay, fair enough. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. I don't know what happened. We 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 somehow know we all got together. We all got dressed in our in our in our protest. I mean riot. I mean loot. I mean burn. I mean wait a second. Civil disobedience until the police mess with us. Clothing. Apparently you got to dress a certain way. You know you're going to protest. You got to dress. And oh by the way, let's bring our little children. We're so afraid of the white police officers. We're going to bring our little children. I just felt it was right. I had to bring my children to show them that you can't allow this to happen, that we don't allow this to happen in America. We bring our children. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing it. Now, let me say this. People, people have a lot to say a lot of times when I do that accent. I'm going to tell you something. I have countless, 
countless black friends. You say, mm-hmm, that's all white people all the time saying that. Countless black friends. That's what they say. We're supposed to believe them. They have black friends. Let me tell you something. I have countless black friends. Countless black friends. And they're not all sellouts. I have black friends who live in the inner city, work in the inner city, have businesses in the inner city. You don't know the first thing about how I came up. You don't know the first thing about it. So y'all folks that want to look at me and say, oh, no, he, he's making fun. No, I'm not making fun. Who am I making fun of? Those people. Not all of them, those people. I'm telling you the folks that come to protest and bring their children. I am my buddy BJ. I'm his favorite black friend, just so you know. BJ from Memphis. Thanks for joining us. One of the smartest people I know. Love that dude. So here's the thing. I'm talking specifically about that group of people, the people, the, the, the black grievance industry perpetuators. And really, if I were you, I, if, if you're going along and you're protesting and you really believe the stuff they're telling you to say, then I pity you even worse because you've done fell for it. You have done fell for it, brother. They have hoodwinked you. All of the black grievance industry, you know what? They're wearing $3,000 suits. Let me tell you something. There was a guy on there last night on the Megyn Kelly thing where he kept talking. He didn't, he didn't, look, he didn't ever make a bit of sense. He just kept saying, look, my church, where I work at, where I serve, it's in the inner city of Baltimore. So you can't tell me. I know. I know. You, I, when the, when the young black men are afraid to leave out of my church, and I'm afraid to leave out of my church for fear of being hunted down and shot like an animal. That's when you know you got a problem and somebody better start talking about it because we ain't going to take it no more. Let me tell you something. If that was true, you'd never leave that church, brother. You'd have your dinner delivered in. You'd have your dinner delivered in. There wouldn't be no way in the world you walk out of that place. You'd be like, "Mm mm-mm, no, no. You would never do it. Not in a million. Listen, you would not do it not in a million years. I'm in a think tank uh, with some really great people. I got in there. I'm the pity vote. They get a tax break for having me in there. And Kevin Jackson's one of the great people in there. Smart, smart guy. Really, really good at what he does. And he was on there. And you just, you watch the clip. It was, if you're in a chat, uh, the great Andreas Shea King, one of the people also in this, in this uh, group with me, very small group. Um, you will see him on there just shaking his head and smiling, going, my lands. There is no hope for this country because nobody wants to hear the truth. And I'm telling you right now, you may not like it. You may say, well, you're a racist for using that, for using that uh, imitation. I'm not imitating them. I, I've, got, I've got friends that have southern accents. They're black people have southern accents. They have northern accents. They have western accents. They have all kinds of accents. And, and some of them talk just exactly. Some of my friends talk just like I'm doing, and they laugh about it. They're like, man, you've got it pegged. Poking fun at the race of black people. I'm just trying to get real with y'all. I'm just trying to tell you somebody better start saying the truth up in here. Somebody better. Because we're on the verge. I'm telling you, the match has been struck. The gas is laying there. And the fumes are rising toward the match. Look, the match doesn't have to touch the gas. 
You don't have to touch the liquid. All it has to do is touch the fumes. And you know what? The fumes are rising. They're rising toward the flame. And you know what happens when the fumes rise toward the flame? An explosion. So I'm going to take your I'm going to take a fair enough position role. I'm a I'm a buzz in on. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Maybe these passions, maybe maybe they're justified. Sometimes they blow up. You know, we don't want to have no violence. We just want to be up in there having a protest, and I mean, you know, civilly. Fair enough. I'll accept that. Large group of people traditionally not organized into anything. They can't manage to go to the library and get a library card for free. Oh, wait a second. They don't even have to go. They don't even have to leave their li- they don't even have to leave their community to get a library card and get books. You know why? Cuz there's a little bus that drives around, drives around, drives around like the ice cream truck except for it has books and don't nobody want to go to that truck. They don't want to go to that truck. They drive through a mobile library in many of the inner cities. They drive through. Here, I'll give you this book. Don't Hey, you know what? Don't stress over when to bring me back this book. We'll be back through. If you have any questions or anything like that, we'll answer them for you. More often than not, they get robbed. A nine-year-old kid just robbed a library library van. Nine-year-old kid. Inner city. Don't tell me. Don't tell me this is an organized bunch because I got a news flash for you. Somehow or another, they can't organize getting reading and teaching each other how to read and how about how to work. How about how to clean their house? How about a, how about how to clean bookmobile? That, that bookmobile was awesome. Somebody just told me what that was. Thank you, Steve. Bookmobile. That's awesome. I love books. But look, they can't even figure out how to do that. Can't figure out how, man, how am I going to get this and that done for my children? How am I going to teach my child how to tie a tie? How am I going to teach my child? Hey, look here. You need to learn how to iron. You need to learn how to iron. Yeah, BJ. Let's get back to the ice cream. <laughs> you had me at ice cream. <laughs> I love me some ice cream, man. BJ, you know how to get to my heart, brother. Now I'm hurt. Now I'm thinking about ice cream. Look, these people, they can't pull together. And, and these, look, fix a park. Look, I know. I know right now, because I've been part of this, I've been part of missions, summer missions for teenagers. What do they do? They go into a neighborhood, and they fix up the parks. They say, these poor people, they're, they're underserved. They're underserved, and, you know, they don't have much. And so this is all we can do, fix the equipment, paint it up, you know, pick up some trash, put in a trash. Oh, wait, there are no trash cans. Why don't they give these people trash cans? The, and then the white guilt punk people come in there they're good christian people god bless them but they're so they're so they misunderstand they're naive they don't know there was plenty of trash cans up in there there was also a porta potty they don't have no place for these poor children to go to the restroom no wonder they're fighting all the time they don't have no place to go to the bathroom when they recreate now here oh they tipped over the porta potty that the taxpayer paid paid for Oh, they did. They tipped it. Oh, okay. They tipped it over. And then, and then what happened next? Oh, they came and they set it upright. They cleaned it out and then did it again. And then they took it away. Oh, they used to have trash cans. Oh, what happened to them? 
Oh, they threw them at cars? Oh, they had to take them away. Oh, they weren't putting the trash in there anyway? Oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, then shut up then. Why don't you go into a community, instead of worrying about going to Kenya all the time, worry about going halfway around the world, go to that neighborhood, pay attention, watch. Watch a little bit, learn something. Lead somebody to Christ in your own backyard. I'm not saying I'm against people going to Kenya and delivering the gospel all around. I'm not saying that. I'm saying practice on the people who live around you. Practice, practice on these communities. So these people do all these things, these little mission projects. And it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. It's sweet. It's Man, that's a beautiful heart. I'm sick to death and tired of hearing about white people don't care a thing about. Look, let me let me give you an example. Let me tell you something. I have a very, very good friend who is a very successful black man. Very successful. And I asked him one time, I said, why don't you live in a black neighborhood? Why don't you live? And he goes, what's a black neighborhood? I said, come on, don't play like that. You know better. You know. And he was like, all right, man, I'll tell you. Too hard to get out of the black neighborhood. I don't want to go back. I said, what do you mean? He goes, look, I'm tired of hearing about this mess. You go in there. You wear your clothes nice. You, you know, you look nice. You, 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 you got a good job. You drive a nice car. Uh, it's not all tricked out with all the silly stuff they put on it. They wear their wealth, you know, all this stuff. He says, I'm tired of that. And he said, you know what else? I'm tired of my stuff getting stolen and broken, trash being everywhere. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. That's why I moved. That's why I worked so hard. And you know what I did? I, I went back and I took my mama out of there. And I said, you know what, mama? You don't have to live here. You come live with us. And they did. The last place in the world I want to go is back there. All right. So we say that these people cannot wear all these things. Oh, Andrea, this is why you're so great at what you do. Ready? And this is what Andrea says. Great illustration of what I was just saying. Like crabs in a bucket pulling down the crab trying to climb out. Amen, sister. So somehow or another, they can't organize anything. They can't get to the library, can't get to school, they can't manage to feed their look, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it. You call me a racist if you want, it wouldn't be the first one hundred thousand times. You can't manage to get your kids to the library when it's free, free to get there, free to read a book. You can't manage to get them to good things. But somehow or another, you can find your way to have signs and have parade routes and have all this communication and coordination, you can't find your way to help your kid to a better future, but you can do that. 24, and let me say this, and I don't know if this occurred to you. One of my great dear friends said this to me, and I thought, hmm, that'll something make you go, hmm, won't it? The people in Dallas, the incident didn't happen in their community. People talking like Dallas, people shooting each other all the time. Uh, white cops just running around. Oh, there's one. Boom. There's another one. Boom. Oh, bump that one with the car. I'm running out of bullets. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I'm telling you. This is, we are talking about a black police chief and other black leaders. The DART chief as leader is, is black. There's so many black leadership and so much black representation in Dallas Police Department. It's ridiculous. But somehow or another, in less than 24 hours, for, a, for, for an incident that didn't happen in their community. By the way, the whole, the whole narrative, as it always happens, as it always happens, is unraveling. Philandro turns out, you know, they go interview the little kids that were in his lunch line, and they say, 
Mrs. Philandro was just like my daddy. He was just like my daddy. He was so nice. He always gave me extra sticky rice. When it was pizza day, he gave me an extra pizza. You know why? Because he didn't pay for it. Come to find out, this dude is a gang member. Come to find out, he, him and his girlfriend, Diamond Lavish, are, are smoking blunts in the car with the four-year-old in there. Come to find out, he had a gun in his lap when the police officer walked up. The police officer said, don't put your hand anywhere near that. Put your hands away. Keep your hands where I can see him. What's he do? Goes for the gun. I believe the police officer. He's, he was crying. He said, I begged him not to do it. I begged him not to touch it. He's on tape. Now, he shouldn't have said anything. He should have sh- hushed his second call. To, go to theninjapastor.com. Theninjapastor.com. The banner at the bottom. If you own a gun or you carry, especially if you carry a gun, go to that. Click on that link and sign up for the best plan you can afford. Second call defense. Go there and do it. You'll get a month for free. Look, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have said anything, but he did. You can listen to the tape. And the tape's going on and on and on. It's not really a tape. It's some digital wizardry. That police officer was shook up, man. He did not want to shoot this guy. Can I ask you a quick question? Tell me why. Tell me why. If this woman was so afraid of that police officer that just shot her fiancé, boyfriend, whatever, we don't know. Is she so afraid of him? Why isn't she afraid to put on her phone Facebook Live and video and give some kind of weird narrative that doesn't match what happened and contradicts itself? Why wouldn't she set her phone down, her her probably Obama phone down, and put direct pressure on this man's wound? Why didn't she do that? But instead, she's going to put out a narrative. It's it's unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Look, I, I look. I'm gonna tell you right now. You guys know this. I'm a politically active person. You know, I'm in the Center for Self Governance. We're in the middle of a three day run with Center for Self Governance in the state of Delaware. We did level two yesterday. Level one today. We're gonna do level three tomorrow. Go to Center for Self Governance. Center for Self Governance. dot com. Go to your state. Go to look at. Come on, stop saying stuff about you, nobody can do anything. You, this is what you do. This is the secret sauce. So I'm a politically active person. I, I know it's difficult to get. I don't know how many people we have there. Twelve, fifteen, fifteen yesterday. Twelve or more today. It's tough, man. You can't get twelve people, ten people in a room to discuss or protest anything. But you can get thousands. Less than 24 hours after an incident didn't occur in the community, you can get thousands all together, have parade routes, professionally done signs, all of that. Hmm, okay. Okay. Anybody out there have a problem with that? Anybody out there, anybody out there have a thought for a second that maybe, maybe just maybe, there's more to this than that? Let me tell you something else too. You let you let you let four white people you let five white people get shot, five white police officers get shot by a black person 
and you let a, a, an, a WNBA player or players go to their game wearing White Lives Matter and putting their right fist up. See how quick they get fired. They lose their job. Police officers at the Target Center, they, um, they walked out. Four of them walked out. They said, mm, oh, no, you don't. These are players. These are professional basketball players. So, okay, you, somehow or another, we can't get 10 people in a room together of politically active and astute, well-educated people. We have a hard time doing that for something really, truly good. And yet, we can get thousands together for this. Okay, professional science, pre routes, all that. This is what I'm having trouble with. And this is a right now kind of thing. This is apparent. Look, these protesters and the public, and you're talking about media, TV, radio, all that stuff, all these groups, they're telling me that the protests, what they're really about. Oh, let me listen. Let me say this. I, I want to be fair. I want to be fair now. They're telling us these are the Black Lives Black Lives Matter people. They're telling us, look, what we need to do is make white people feel this heat economically. We got to hit them in the pocketbook. But meanwhile, they're telling us it's re- it's about race and about white people and white police officers running around shooting poor innocent black people. Yeah, how about that? How about the NFL player tweeted a graphic of a black hooded man cutting the throat of a police officer? He should be fired. He shouldn't be fined. He should be fired. He's advocating violence against police officers. You say First Amendment right. All right. Firing from a job doesn't have any amendments. That's not covered by the amendments. You're fired. You're fired. You do conduct unbecoming, you're fired. Get out of here, loser. Because I'll tell you what, once the shots started ringing out, guess where the people that were protesting went? Running behind the police officers. Help me, help me. Somebody's shooting. It must be a white Christian Tea Party person up on the roof. Somehow or another, I thought all this was about police corruption and abuse of power and picking on systemic police corruption. But somehow or another, now they're telling us, no, we got to make these people. In order to get what we want, we got to make these people. Who are these people? We got to make these people feel the heat. Got to hit them in their pocketbook. We always hear this. We got to work together to fix this problem. We can't all be yelling. That's, that's the problem. We're all yelling. No, we're not. There's one side yelling. Black people, black people, yell, 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 and 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 white guilt, bunch of weirdos, drum, yell, 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 screaming and yelling, pointing a finger, getting all up and fronting on people, front on me one time. I got two hundred and fifty pounds of something, something for you. Don't front on me. We'll get up in my face. We'll have we'll we'll have a back it up real quick moment for you. And that's how folks need to start doing. Stop this mess fronting up on me, seeing how much you can get away with and have me sit there and be all polite. Because you you have black grievanced yourself into you have this position of superiority and you can't mess with me and you're going to sit there and do nothing because you know what? For the first time you even bump up against me, I'm suing you. I'm suing you. I'm calling you a racist. I'm going to wreck your life. That's why they do it. People say, why do they do it? That's why they do it. They back you down. They back you down. Back it down. Back it down. Back it down. Keep accusing them, and they won't do anything. This is why police officers, rules of engagement, police officers 
they're scared to even touch their gun. They're scared to touch their taser. They're scared to touch any of their equipment because they're afraid, hey, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get jammed up. So then they get hurt. Look, if we're going to fix this problem that apparently is at the root of all this violence, by the way, caused by the protesters slash rioters and protests, then at a minimum, us white people, and I have some black people right now have been messaging me that are listening, saying, preach on my brother. Then all of us people that are doing the right thing, white, black, or, or purple, they need to understand precisely what the problem is. Let's stop talking about what the problem is that's not the problem. We keep saying, we keep talking about what the problem is, but that's not really the problem. It's the politically correct problem. It's what we've chosen. We have a real problem with race in America, and we have to talk about this, just like the disgusting president. We have have got to admit that we have a problem. You know that we have a problem in America. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, we got a problem, but it isn't what you're saying is the problem. And I'm sick to death of you lying about it. We got to understand what the problem is. If the problem at the end of the day turns out to be simply that there are white people and they're bad, white people are bad, then you know what? That's going to be tough to fix in a way that we can all agree on. Let me, let me say this really quick, though. Hussein Obama actually said during this memorial service, I'm going to say it again, memorial service for the five Caucasian and Latino police officers of the Dallas Police Department that died in the service of their community and their country. None of them, none of them were black, but the one that shot them, coward that he was, was black. Oh, we blew him up. All you people that are worried about, you know, government overreach, I'm worried about it too, and that's why I'm doing something. Center for Self-Governance will teach you how to do that. But I don't have time to go to a class all day. Well, then stop whining. Shut up and stop whining. Well, I would have to take time off of work. Shut up and stop whining. You say you want the solution, there's the solution. Do something. Stop whining. But there's a whole bunch of people out there, and some I, I really actually like them, are saying the police don't belong having robots. Police don't belong having, having uh, you know, drones. Police don't belong having that. You know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because if I can send in a robot with an explosive device after hours and hours of negotiating with this guy, look, there would have been a time where you'd have had your biggest problem as a commander on, on site would have been – you know, you're an incident commander, you're on site, you'd have had so many people volunteering to go in and take that guy out with their rifle. Come on, boss, let me have a shot. Let me have a shot. I can get in a position. I guarantee I can take me 20 minutes to get there. Let me have a shot. Come on, let me bust this guy. L- let me turn his head to dust. Come on. But you don't have that anymore. Not allowed to do that. Oh, that's too mean. So what do we do? We say, hey, look, we can't get a whole bunch of people. We can't get a whole bunch of people together. And send him in there because that's too dangerous. And he says he's got bombs and all that. And we can probably believe him. So tell you what let's do. Let's use our robot 
that we use for EOD and let's explosive ordnance disposal. Let's send that robot in and we're going to talk to him through the robot because it has speakers on it and we can hear and all that stuff. And he taunts them and lies and does all these things till finally it's time. It's over. You've got to go. And we put him in a bunch of pieces. I, I'm, I'm happy as a pig and poop. I wish it had been a bigger explosion. Scrape him up, put him in the sewer. Just scrape him right into the sewer. He doesn't deserve it. I feel bad for his family in one respect. They were on television, you know, saying we didn't even see this coming. Yeah, you saw it coming. You did see it coming because you saw his social media. You saw, you know, you heard, had conversations with him. You did see it coming. I I don't want to hear that you didn't see it coming because you did see it coming. You just didn't say anything. His sister is, is such a rabid hater of white people, police officers, and otherwise advocated the killing of white police officers. Come on, you can't say. And guess what? His stepmom, white lady. White lady. You believe that? Mm-mm-mm. We have a president like that. Look, at the end of the day, the problem turns out to be that it isn't what we think it is. But if the problem is, in fact, white people that are bad, we, how are we going to fix it? Look, we can agree at a minimum so far, what we've been doing, it's failed, and we have to stop doing those things. We, I mean, this is a bigger discussion. This is the welfare state. This is massive redistribution of wealth, somebody else's money being given to other people. This is electing black people to offices for which they are ill-prepared. Look, I'm sorry to say it, but some of these folks can't put a sentence together. And now they're in charge of whole councils, districts in the city. Now, those two are very well-educated. Um, uh, Mosby is very well-educated. Her husband, very well-educated. But there, but there are many people. Look at, the, look at the, the, the woman in Florida just got arrested or get, got indicted by the feds. Black Democrat lady. Said she'd never been so scared in her life. She can't be arrested for, or indicted for fraud and all these other things. You know, they're coming after me. I knew they would eventually. Who's coming after you, Barack Hussein Obama? Who's coming after you? The second black attorney general in the United States of America? Come on. Kareem Brown, you're a liar. You know you're a liar. Democrat from Jacksonville, Florida, you know you're a liar. Stop you talking out either side of your mouth. Listen to this woman talk for 10 minutes. You think to yourself, how in the world? Say, well, she represents the people she serves. Really? They need to send her to a library or at least to the bookmobile. Read a little bit. Look, this isn't – look, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm just going to say this. From my perspective, the problem seems to be that whole big groups of African Americans, black people are ga- – by the way, my black friends hate that. Hate it. Hate it. They hate that term, African Americans. I am an American. I'm a black man or a black woman living in America. I am an American. They're gathering in different places, protesting all kinds of things. Usually it's not even something that happened in their community, and people are getting killed. And nothing good's coming from it. Nothing good will come from it. But look here. This is in 1960, and there's zero legitimate grounds from which to say you can't stand up on a soapbox and tell me legitimately that black people are being discriminated against or that white policemen and women and their black bosses are abusing and killing innocent or even violent criminal black citizens. You can't tell me that. No, you can't. Nope, you sure can't. 
You can't make that argument anymore. And 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 last night the the, the fellow said, I I'm sick to death of hearing that. Uh, because because one guy said uh, and it was actually a black guy, uh, Reverend Williamson, I think. It, awesome man, awesome dude. I'm gonna try to look him up and get him on my show. He's awesome man. He got shouted down by his fellow brothers. They were they just shouted him down. But he said, you look, you you don't have an argument to make here. You don't have a leg to stand on. I remind you, you got a a black police, you got a black president, you got a black, uh, uh, the second black attorney general, you got black congressmen, you got black senators, you got black governors, you got black mayors, you got black senators, you got black this, black that, black police chiefs, black school superintendent, you got all this stuff. You can't say anymore. This guy says, oh, so, okay, so I see what you're saying now. You're saying the same old thing, white people, tired white people all the time saying, it's talking about, oh, we got a black president, he fixed everything in the race. Look, we all knew that Barack Obama was going to cause more problems than he fixed. We all knew it, didn't we? We all knew it. Be honest. You don't have to say it. Look, we knew it. We knew it. We knew this guy was going to cause more problems than he was good, not because we didn't hope for good for the country, but we knew what he was about. I want to be part of history. I'm voting for Barack Obama. First black president. I cast my vote for Barack Obama. I even got the T-shirt. Stupid. We knew we knew this. We knew this. We knew he wasn't going to solve racism. We knew he was going to make it worse. We knew it. We knew this is what he was about. So this guy, all this stuff got me thinking about what good could be occurring. If what if? Now this is just a what if. What if big groups of black people got together, African Americans got together in their communities to do good instead of protest? What if you said, "Here's what we're going to do," and you know what? We don't need white people to come into our community and organize this because we can organize this ourselves. Just look how well we organize these elaborate protests and make these nice signs. What if you say, hey, let's look around. How many 25 to 35-year-old men do we have? I, I, let's get together. Let's get, let's get all these fellas together, get you some gloves, get you some work boots. You already got you some work boots. You got you some Timberlands. How about tying them suckers up? Pull your pants up and tighten your belt. 20, 20 to 35-year-old men act like men. And you know what? They're all gathered. You, you don't have to go hard to find them. Look, just keep, just turn around. Look down one side of the street, down the other. Go to the park. Look there. That's where they are. Look for the ones that have their signs and their hands in the air. Hands up, don't shoot. Hands up, don't shoot. Even though we know that's a big fat lie. And their pants are down around the half the middle of the rear, advertising they're available. That's a prison thing. That's what that means. Work boots. How about if they? How about if you say get them together with all their children? Get them together with their children and say, hey, you know what? This this park is kind of dirty. Children, let's go through here and pick up some of this some of this mess. Let's come on now. We can't be making this mess. Come on, let's get up in here and and pick up some trash. Put it in a trash can. That's what we'll do. Let's do it. Led by twenty thirty five year old men, hand in hand with their children. Come on, honey, don't touch that. That's a needle. Let daddy handle that. What if? 
What if? What if after they cleaned up, they said, hey, let's do this. Let's go get a Frisbee. I don't even know if anybody plays hacky sack, but it seems like a peaceful game. Let's go get a Frisbee or hacky sack or chess. Lord forbid, checkers. Let's play some checkers. I'm going to teach you how to play chess and checkers, teach you some strategy. What if they did that instead? What if instead of, of, of getting their signs, hands up, don't shoot, land? Let me tell you something right now. This is a fair warning to any of you folks out there listening that are talking about standing in front of my car, blocking the, blocking the freeway, blocking ro- the road, in- egress and ingress to my home or, or anywhere I have to go. You better let me tell you something. I'm going to give you one honk of the horn, one rev of the engine, and then you're going to have 455 horsepower coming at you. And I will run you over. I will absolutely drive right over your sorry, lazy, whining, perpetually aggrieved behind. Because I'm sick to death of it. You know what? If they knew there were no way in this world, we stand on this freeway, we cross across this highway, these folks aren't going to stop. These truckers, put it, in, put it in low gear and put your pedal down. Why? Why don't people do this? Why don't they, well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'll go to jail. I'm afraid I'll go to jail. So then what do they do? You know how much some of those tractor trailers are that they're damaging? They're ruining? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of these people, they don't work for some big company. Not that a big company can afford it necessarily any more than anybody else. Some of these people are, are independent truckers. They're independent. They can't afford mess around and, and be buying another truck or fixing this truck. They can't afford to be out of business that long. If they knew that every truck they stand in front of, every car they stand in front of, no matter what color the person is in, that you're going to be like, mm, I'm on my way to work. I'm on my way home. And let me tell you what happens. A lot of these people are being dragged out of their vehicles and being beaten. You don't see that on television, do you? Being beaten. I'm sick to death of it. I'm sick to death of it. There's no excuse for it. So you stand in front of my vehicle, you're going to get run over. I'll give you a little honk, a little rev of the engine. But then that's it. You've been warned. You will get run over. And if you have your, your child out there with you, too bad, so sad. Sorry to tell you, don't want to do it, but they're going to be a road bump. They're going to be a speed bump, thump, thump. And I'm not going to stop and go, oh, I hope that wasn't a child. I hope that wasn't a poor innocent child. Newsflash, don't bring your children out to protest. Don't be stupid. Be stupid for your own cause. Be stupid for your own loss. Don't be stupid for your children. You've been stupid long enough. Don't make them pay for your stupidity. You want to come out and, and protest and riot and loot and block traffic? I got a news flash for you. Send your children to the library. Let them study and learn a little something about how stupid their mothers and their fathers are while you run around and step in front of vehicles, people just trying to get home or trying to get to work. I'm sorry to tell you, we are absolutely at war. The President of the United States took this opportunity. The President of the United States of America took this opportunity. And instead of doing the right thing, what did he do? He said, guns are the problem. 
in a room full of police spouses whose pictures were right up next to him. In a room full of police officers who were friends. He said, you're the problem. He said, you're the problem. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you, and, and, and I mean this completely, honestly. On July 11th, 2016, at approximately 6.35 p.m., officers responded to the 1800 block of West North Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland, for a shooting. Upon arrival, the officers located two adult females who were suffering from non-life-threatening injuries. While on the scene, three other victims, two adult females and an adult male, arrived at area hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. Citywide shooting detectives are investigating this incident and have identified no motives or suspects. Hmm. What were they doing? 20 to 30 people were actually holding a vigil on the block for 24-year-old Jermaine Schofield of the 1900 blocks of Ramsey Street. He had been murdered at that location on July 10th. While the vigil was taking place, an unknown gunman approached the group and opened fire, striking the victims. Let me tell you who it wasn't. Let me tell you who it wasn't. It wasn't the Tea Party, my friends. It wasn't the Tea Party. No, it sure wasn't. It sure wasn't. I'm sorry to tell you. It was somebody from their own community, somebody that that I just I, I hate to say this to you. I, I hate to I hate to put this out there for you, but it was somebody that should have cared more for their own people. Somebody should have demonstrated that black lives matter. Somebody. Look, I, I have some brothers and sisters out there that are people of color. And I love it. I, I love their encouragement. I love, I love their input. I, I love all of it. I love their mindset. I love the, how they go about living their life. I love how they go about serving God and serving their community. I love how they're, they're not afraid to tell the truth about what's going on, good and bad. I love how they're patient and they say, hey, you know, I, I came up in the black community and here's a little something that you probably need to know. Here's a little something you probably need to know. And then they educate me on it. And I say, okay. And we learn. We learn from each other. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you. There's a news, newspaper um, in, in the state of Delaware. Um, I'm not going to say the name, but it's the primary newspaper. And then they have an online uh, division. And they, they have a cartoon in it that says, we give equal treatment to both black and white. And then there's in the back of the police car, there's the caption, you can't see the occupant, at least when we paint our squad cars and they're black and white squad cars. Listen, if you live in the state of Delaware, you get this rag newspaper. You need to call them up, and you need to cancel your subscription. 
Tell them why. Tell them why. Because this is this is what this is exactly what's causing the problem. The press, if it if it bleeds, it leads. The press has been co-opted, absolutely has been co-opted by the left. Barack Obama, you know, we say a lot that the president, the former, uh, you know, former president uh, Bush, number forty-three, and his wife Laura were there. Um, that guy's a class act. You know, it's it's funny that a lot of people would say that that's not the case, but, you know, he was a class act. He knew what he was there for. But George Bush, he, he delivered this, this beautiful message. And then Obama stood up. He says he actually, at this point, it sounded like he was actually justifying this attack, this assassination of five police officers. If we are to honor these five outstanding officers, then we will have to act on the truths that we know. We're going to have to be honest with each other and ourselves. We know that centuries of racial discrimination and slavery and subjugation and Jim Crow, they didn't simply vanish at the end of lawful segregation. They didn't just stop when Dr. King made a speech. But America, we know that bias remains. We know it. Whether you are black or you are white, we have all seen this bigotry in our own lives at some point. If we are honest, perhaps we've heard prejudice in our own heads. We know that. And, and while some suffer far more under racism's burden, some feel to a far greater extent discrimination. None of us is entirely innocent. No institution is entirely immune. And that includes our police departments. We know this. Study after study shows that whites and people of color experience the criminal justice system differently. When moms and dads still fear that something terrible might happen when their child walks out the door, kids being stupid might end in tragedy. More than 50 years after the passage of the Civil Rights Act, we cannot simply, by the way, pass with zero Democrat support and 100% Republican support. Okay, that gets lost. We cannot simply dismiss those engaged in peaceful protests as troublemakers or paranoid, as, symptom, as a symptom of political correctness or reverse racism. To have your experience denied like that again and again and again, it hurts. Surely we can see that, all of us. So we're all guilty for the deaths of those policemen in Texas. All of us. We might as well have pulled the trigger because we are all racist. Now, that last part. He didn't say that, but I bet you he thought it. You see, the police officers were murdered by a racist black man. And somehow or another, it's white people's fault. He actually eulogized the two men shot last week in Minnesota and Louisiana, Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. I love this example he gave. Even those who dislike the phrase Black Lives Matter should be able to relate to stories about Alton Sterling, who always cooked enough for everyone, or Philando Castile, a gentle soul, Mr. Rogers with dreadlocks. 
Oh, by the way, Sterling was a registered sex offender, 20-year rap sheet. And there's a lot of indication that perhaps Castile was a Susk in an armed robbery. Listen, man. This is a disgusting human being. And I use human being lightly. Look, you know, I can tell you that, that uh, you know, I, obviously I get called names all the time. I get, uh, it's all the time. It's, it never goes away. But you know what I've learned? I have a friend named Pamela. And, uh, and you know what? She gets called names. And I have another friend named Eric. And you know what? He gets called names. And I have another friend named Kevin. And he gets called names. And I have a bunch of other friends who are people of color. And they get called racist. Did you know that Barack Obama called both of those men's families, Castile and Sterling, called their families on the flight down to Dallas? Did you know that? How about, did he call the families of the police officers that were murdered? Did he call them? Because I don't think he did. You say, what do we do? You say, what do we do? What are we going to do? First things first, folks, I, if I'm to make any recommendation to you, then I, I'm, I'm going to say to you, you've got to take it for what it is. You've got to acknowledge you've got to acknowledge what's really going on here. You've got to stop saying the politically correct things. You've got to start saying the truth. You've got to start saying the truth. My friends, you know, it, it, it can't get any more simple than this. You've got to start saying the truth. And when they start yelling at you and telling you, on both sides, you know, it's, not, it's, it's actually not a white or black issue. It's true or untrue. It's lie. It's it's the lie or it's the truth. It, that's the side, and there's people on both sides that are lying. But I'm going to tell you this: the problem in America isn't racist police officers, racist white police officers. The problem in America is not systematic and institutional racism on police departments. It's in the black community. You say, whoa, that's very racist of you to say. Well, you know, then you should look up racist. Because the fact of the matter is, it's the truth. 72% of black children have no father. They don't even know who their father is. He gone. He's collecting a check, but he gone. 92% of all violent crime is black on black. Folks, something's got to be done about the community. Throwing money in it isn't going to help. That didn't help. We throw $14,000 a year per student 
in underserved, diversity-engaged schools. We feed breakfast and lunch. We provide so much with no thanks. Just you owe us. The perpetually aggrieved, the professionally aggrieved, Boy, Booker T. Washington said it right. Remember what he said? There's a class of colored people who make the business of, and this is not just colored people anymore. This is white people who figured out, hey, I could really get some power here. I could always make sure I get voted on. Just give enough. Don't fix the problem because we need them to not have prosperity. We need them to have problems. The wrongs, the hardships of the Negro race before the public, having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles. They have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs, partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. Some of these people do not want the Negro to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their job. My friends, until we start telling the hard truth, we're going to be right back where we were. We will be right back where we were. Isn't this interesting? Since Barack Hussein, thank you, Philly Bob, for sending this to me. Since Barack Hussein Obama, president of the United States of America, made his racist comments in Warsaw, Poland, five dead law enforcement in the city of Dallas, Texas. Nine injured. In the state of Georgia, since Barack Hussein Obama made his racist comments in Warsaw, Poland, police officers been injured. In the state of Michigan, two law enforcement officers have been murdered. One has been injured. In the state of Minnesota, 21 police officers have been injured, several of them seriously, one of them very seriously. The state of Missouri, one police officer has been injured. The state of Tennessee, one police officer has been injured. That means seven police officers have been murdered just since he gave the speech in Warsaw, Poland, and 34 have been injured. I'd say the problem isn't what the president of the United States keeps saying. I'd say the problem is the president of the United States. We're going to go out with Dave Bray's last call. I want you to hear that one more time in case you missed it at the beginning. Please share uh, this show. The link, the same link that you got to listen to it, it's the same way. Uh, it'll be on iTunes. It'll be on uh, theninjapastor.com, drshawngreener.com. It'll be all over the place, Facebook, everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. We must tell the truth.
Good lies, but I couldn't save my own. 